this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, speaking of the union, we have a returning union member. You may remember him, Jay, from such albums as Big Heavy Stuff. Oh, yeah, right. Maximum Sincere. And Sand Pits on Second Thought. That's right. Now, those were um, two bands that we were not familiar with and, nope. uh, you know, introduced to us. We both we liked both those records. So let's see if it's going to be a three from three from Mr. Josh Page. Welcome back, Josh. Hello. I didn't talk over the top of your intro this time. I, <laughs> I watched the recording of the second one. I just paused there. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I hope it's a, we call it a trifecta in Australia. So hopefully it's a trifecta. <laughs> Here we call it a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Josh sporting the DMO union shirt. That, yes. that only took us, to, I think, over a year for us to figure out hey, how to get that. Late than never, US Postal Service <laughs> came, came through. Actually, I had to go around them. I think uh, the service got in the way. I found a printer. I found a printer that will drop sh- uh, print uh, no. in, in Australia locally. So well, I think I that's how we make that happen. People, we just got to uh, take a moment here to address the fact that when you set up your your tiers for Patreon, sometimes you don't understand that <laughs> something as simple as getting a T-shirt to someone yeah. will take you a year because mm-hmm. the U.S. Postal Service is like, nah, we ain't doing that. We're not going well, there. The the pandemic just for whatever reason they just stopped yeah. delivering to certain countries and unfortunately uh we had to find another path, but we figured it out. So it's nice to see you sport the shirt. <laughs> no problem. So with your shirt and your first two picks uh having impressed us, share with us for 2023 your pick. Yeah, I picked a Sydney band called Glide and their first album, they put out a few EPs before this album, but their first album called Open Up and Croon. And uh, yeah, they're a band again around my time in Sydney when I was at university that I was more aware of Glide because I was massively into big heavy stuff and Pollyanna and Blue Bottle Kiss bands like that that you guys have reviewed with other patrons um, I actually probably came to Glide a little bit later, probably in the late 90s, early 2000s. But when I did, I was, um, yeah, really impressed and just loved the songwriting and the musicianship and just, you know, I think a little bit different to the two albums that I've put up before. But I just think really that William Arthur, the singer-songwriter, is just a person that deserves, it. again, a bit more light shone on on their um, talents because I just think he's a fantastic songwriter so that's why and I really struggle to choose between this album and their next album their album up is called Disappear Here but um, there's one song in particular on Open Up and Croon why I had to pick this one I sort of with my 11 year old daughter I was toing and throwing for about three months between which, which album I was going to pick <laughs> I like that there's an existential crisis around which oh, there was numerous oh, no. patrons have said that that there there's this 
push and pull between one album and another. And I, I like the new, I like that we're causing this sort of drama in people's <laughs> lives very without actually being involved. Very <laughs> Jay, had you heard of this record or this album before? Um, I don't think so. I, the, when I saw the name, I felt like, huh, have I gotten this band confused with Ride <laughs> in the past? Um, I hadn't heard them. And if I had heard of the name, I probably got confused with Ride. <laughs> I uh, I remember the name or uh, the album cover from something, but I don't remember why. And I want to say that they've come up in a poll. I don't remember if it was this year or last year, but I, th I think Clyde has come up at least once. Have you seen it, Josh, come up in a poll? I would expect they would have. They're pretty well loved by a number of people in Australia and definitely in that Sydney indie rock scene of that time of, yeah, as I say, Blue Bottle Kiss and big heavy stuff from Pollyanna. Um, from memory, though, William was a little bit older, the lead singer, than those guys. And he definitely kicked around a bit with Steve Kilby from the church, I think, as well. Like, I know now since uh, William's, William has passed away, the lead singer, but I know Steve Kilby from the church has done benefit concerts and and sung as the lead singer um, of Glide um, even in recent times. So I think he was pretty close with the guys in the church as well. So we are obviously a pretty familiar band, I think, to you guys and lots of your listeners, I think. So a little bit of history on the band. Uh, as you mentioned, they're from Sydney, Australia. Uh, they formed in around 1991 and existed until 1999. Uh, the band put out a number of EPs prior to their first record. The first album, which we're talking about, Open Up and Croom, came out in 95 on the Hypnotized label, which um, is the label of bands like Scream Feeder, and yep. big heavy stuff and some other ones that i don't recognize the name of i don't recognize their names like the fobs i think that's how you say it and pray tv Fobes, no the fobs are a pretty cool band from melbourne yeah so yeah so a mel that. is that a melbourne based label or i don't uh, know actually i really don't know enough about the label i think they were part of shock records which was a slightly bigger yes label so yeah yeah shock very, had like the um, side of shock <laughs> yeah it looks like shock was basically like the australian distributor for a lot of big bands like yes. union was uh distributed by shock and uh lush and paul weller and oh, okay. um some other one the gathering iced earth that's a that's an interesting label hmm, old yeah. old crow medicine show and iced earth oh on the goodness. same <laughs> record all label. over the place eclectic that is yeah. eclectic so the band formed in 91 the original lineup was as mentioned william arthur lead vocals guitar and keyboards uh jason kingshot on drums tim scott on rhythm guitar and mark lynch on bass in um 93 paul mcdonald replaced tim scott and um, then was replaced in 95 by Andy Kelly. So for yeah. this record, um, it doesn't look like Andy Kelly played on this record. As No, nah, he played on the next one, Disappear Here, but okay. I'm pretty sure he didn't play on this one. Yeah. So they had, like I mentioned, there was like at least three EPs that came out between 91 and 92 or 93. Uh, prior to this so this comes out in the hypnotized label in 95 they follow it up a year later 
with Disappear Here on the Hypnotized label. And then William Arthur passed away um, in 1999, the lead singer and songwriter. And it looks like they released the final album last yeah, after, uh, after he passed. He recording, yeah, before he passed, yeah. So which is it. an awesome album. Well, yeah. Um, so, and that was a self-released record. And there's been a compilation that came out uh, and some other singles and whatnot. We put this up on Patreon because we wanted to find out if our patrons uh, had heard of this record or if they had given it a listen. We'll share the results of the poll at the end of this episode. But here are some of the comments we got. Uh, Darren Lehman said, there are some really cool chimey guitars, guitar sounds, and some excellent melodic ideas on this album. Unfortunately, it feels like just another indie album from the 90s and the lead singer's voice becomes grating after a while and his range is limited. I give this record a decent EP rating. Sir, it's a decent single, better EP. Let's not get these two confused. (laughs) Okay. Ian McIver sounds like another generic 90s album with very little to elevate it to the public's consciousness. Decent coaster, I mean single. Ian has some harsh takes for the uh, for the album. Um, Gavin Reed <laughs> yeah, uh, from Australia. He said, I enjoyed this. I had an awareness of Glide, but I forgot what it was, so I came in clean. As per a few albums, I think it's a worthy album. But not when I play a lot. My only knock is that it often alludes to taking the next step to something more dramatic and interesting and then doesn't. Okay. Adam Rogan, I rate this as a worthy album of nine songs. I really like their shoegazy sound, which doesn't sound generic to me at all. Some parts remind me of the 2000 band People in Planes. The production sounds weird on a couple songs, but was good overall. I'm not familiar with People in Planes. Have either of you heard of that band? Uh, okay. No, I think so. Adam, we'll have to uh, have to check that out, or maybe you could submit that for our 2000s episodes, uh, that particular band. Uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about Open Up and Croon by Glide. Jay, tell me one thing you liked about this record. I'm not going to beat around the bush. This, this, um, this feels like... Uh... Where, where's this album been my whole life? So it's really interesting that what they're combining here. Uh, I hear some swerve driver, but I also hear like Paul Westerberg. <laughs> so it's this really cool mix up of references for me as I get into the record of these, these riffs on guitar that are very hooky and memorable. Um, this layering of acoustics and electrics, which I think r- works really well to help emphasize, like pull out those melodic ideas, but also then can shift into this bigger kind of shoegazy, you know, delayed out echoey guitar sound. Uh, so you got this really cool dynamic going between, you know, what sounds like at the core, you know, a fairly straightforward, almost like replacements or early Goo Goo Dolls type song, but then it's combined with these dynamics that are more like something like Swerve Driver, which gets big and epic and dissonant notes are thrown in and there's a lot of textures from the guitars and uh, unusual chord changes. And so it's this really cool push and pull between the two you know, vocally, it kind of sits in that 
Paul Westerberg range where it's a little raspy. Um, you know, it can pop forward and really deliver a really good melody, but it also can kind of fall back more what you would hear in, you know, uh, like a shoegaze record where, you know, the vocal isn't quite the, um, the focus. I think what makes it all hold together again is um, some really solid bass, both tone and, and playing, uh, which I think it allows this record to move around guitar wise pretty dramatically from these really, um, you know, rich acoustic tones to, you know, fuzzy guitars to really bright chimey guitars, you know, that can layer in all these different guitar sounds and this, vo this kind of raspy, uh, vocal that, you know, it doesn't have a ton of range, but it can deliver a melody. I, I think the bass is what does a really good job of like, putting a little grit on everything. So even when they go acoustic, it never gets too late or off, you know, sort of off script. Um, when it gets a little jangly, you know, again, the bass is, is there to drive it. You know, the, the record has also got this great dynamic between, you know, the bass will kind of just bite in um, for a section and the drums will lock up and it'll get this really good energy to it and, and feel tight and, and, you know, propelling forward and then they'll pull back and open up and maybe go to a halftime thing or the the parts will change a little bit and it gets spacey and airy. So a lot of cool dynamics going on here um, as well. So really cool integration of acoustics and electrics, really effective dynamics and just tonal balance of all of those things working together to get to a place where you've got these songs that are sometimes complex and unexpected, but also, you know, dropping these little earworms here and there, these little riffs, these little uh, lyrics, these moments that, you know, feel to me like almost replacements ask. So really cool combination of things in here that I, that I enjoy quite a bit. What were for you, Tim? Well, I'm on board with the bass stuff because Man, Mark, what's his name? Lynch is absolutely killing it on some of these songs. Um, Catterwall. bass runs on that song um spit you up it, it more like magical stuff that's happening on the bass even on the songs that are like a little more mid tempo and he's kind of driving the song um it's just really interesting it's it's can be busy at times but it's always in service of being like a counter melody a lot of the time to the to the main vocal um, especially in the choruses 
he's doing things that are not normal not not that they're abnormal but like he's taking some chances on that face and doing some really interesting things that you did not hear in a lot of straightforward alternative rock bass players tended to be pretty um samey it's pretty mm-hmm. you know they play root notes do a little few runs here and there but you did not have a lot of guys that were or people that were doing a lot of really interesting things and it, there is a lot of interesting and i think it's because um william arthur has some really strange guitar chord choices and note choices and i think playing into that is because he's altering and and the second guitar are altering between like like you said like real chimey delayed kind of uh dream poppy kind of sounds but then they get like really fuzzy shoegaze and then they have these really clean acoustics some of the best like acoustic sounding guitars on a record which can often sound very flat these have some real like um uh brightness and and bite to them um and i like when they double them up when you get that like acoustic electric combination uh those chord choices that he's making is allowing the bass to do some really wild things which i really liked um and the, the, it's funny because I did not get the Paul Westerberg thing. The thing that I was getting, like from a song like Caterwall, when you hear those guitar effects, when you hear some of the chords, when you hear him stretch his vocal, it was giving me like Sunny Day Real Estate vibes, which okay. I know that, hmm. that was not in the same ballpark as Sunny Day Real Estate, but that was where I was. That's what I, I was kind of going with some of this stuff. Like he's got a little bit of, um, Jeremy Enoch in some of his more croonier moments to borrow f- from the title track and album. Um, did you yeah, hear that? The, uh, at all? Uh, I can hear that. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, the songs I hear the replacements, Westerberg, Goo Goo Doll stuff is like, why are you asking? Uh, there's a chorus and uh, in, in, in pre-chorus that to me hits it Lion is another song that has that element to it heard some paul mccartney start to come across here mm-hmm. um and spin doctor i could hear that as like a, a a quirky like album track by paul mccartney like in, in the vocal you hear in his tone a little bit and phrasing uh tripped up and stalled is another one where i heard a little bit of mccartney as well i, I it just felt like the more i listened to this record the more things I was able to grab onto more artists. And I know we're using a lot of artists here to describe it. 
hopefully that's relatable to to everybody that's listening and they get an idea of what we're talking, you know, what this sounds like. Um, mm-hmm. But I enjoyed that. Like the more I listened to the record, I was like picking up on like, Ooh, that's kind of feels like the frames or that feels like Idlewild or like yeah. all these other cool bands that I like that. Yeah. Just, you know, moments here and there and lines or the way they're doing a dynamic or a tone or, or something. It just kept hitting all these uh, different artists that I, that I love. So. Well, what I thought was last thing, even though this is 95, so this is in, in parallel to this, but there were elements of this that reminded me a little Britpop that had, yep. and that's yep. where I think that McCartney Beatles influences, because um, obviously that was a huge influence on, on uh, a lot of Britpop. Um, and when you mentioned uh, Spin Doctor, like if you replaced, if you changed that song a little bit, uh, it's kind of got this uh you, you could change the rhythm so it was it's more like a piano like bump bump dump bump dump dump mm-hmm. dump yep. dump and then you're getting into that like mccartney mm-hmm. yep uh end of things uh it's just it's just a little bit off of that but it's real close to that style that like staccato-ish kind uh, of listen, thing listen to the song baby now from last it is just a beautiful piano riff like he went there just before he passed it's like you'll listen to the song baby now from the album last it's right what you were just saying he's just going with a piano instead of a guitar and yeah, interesting yeah. um you chose this record over their second record mm-hmm. so why don't you share with us what you like about this record and maybe that'll inform us well, why we, three why words this one. For, three words for me why are you asking i just that song I love it's probably in the top five or 10 songs of my life and it's got meaning for me from about you know I think I was well 18 at that time and I remember hearing that song I wasn't massively into the band but that song just has some special memories for me at that formative year so that song is why I chose up and up open up and croon over disappear here stretch of four or five songs is just the killer opening to the album there's again a lot of variety um within the the songs and so, something i read the other week about william i feel like he plays these chiming yes there's a little bit of shoegaziness to them but it's nearly like they don't go verse chorus verse chorus like they you listen to it and you go that was awesome but they just meander through different parts that aren't particularly traditional in songwriting structures for rock as well so and i think maybe disappear here even does more than this album but i just find his songwriting very interesting in that way 
that they do, it doesn't follow formula all the time. It does in certain songs. Um, and yeah, so a songwriter for me actually that I thought of that they might not sound like, but I actually think he's very clever, like a Neil Finn from Crowded House as well. The way Neil writes pop songs. Um, Interesting. They're not so traditional. And then for me, I think I said in my message to you, I found them at the time in the mid nineties, like my Australian Buffalo Tom. I really loved Buffalo Tom in the same era. Mm. And again, not similar voice, maybe to Bill Janovich, but I just found elements of them Buffalo Tommy for me, but that's what I love about them again. Cause there's Britpop, there's a bit of shoegaze, but it's, it's still him and still his own unique songwriting. And as you said, the rhythm section, again, probably another familiar thing for me. I always like bands. I think with, I think clever rhythm sections that do, interesting and different things so yeah just for all those reasons you guys summed it up pretty well as well for me like just influences from everywhere but still not generic and oh i don't like this because it sounds like this or that it's their own take on lots of different influences and i do get the i'd never thought of the replacements because i love paul westerberg but yeah i can sort of see it now in certain songs as well so yeah i mean the song something is another good example i think falls in that and i could hear the i could also hear that as a buffalo tom yeah you know kind of feel too so i think it's coming from the same place which is it's an interesting like combination of of sounds i don't i don't know that i've heard before it's interesting that we had some comments that you know uh i don't think picked up on that but I don't know that I've heard other, I don't think I've heard another band put these pieces and parts together in quite this way. So the the note I had for something is that that was very, uh, where you been without a sound Jay Massis guitar sounding there when Jay would, (laughs) when Jay, I'm laughing. It's like, so we're like hearing all these different bands. That's crazy. Like he would do that thing where he'd pick high on the acoustic, but then also have a fuzz behind it. Mm-hmm. and if that's very much in that style um i'm curious when i was doing some research on this are, are you aware that there was a, a documentary came out um called disappear here it's coming out i think there's or is a it filmmaker co- yeah it's not out yet so there's okay. a really good filmmaker in australia again on this sound as ever um facebook group that i'm on that's all celebrating australian music in the 90s and ben i think he's no i don't know if i've got his pronunciation of his surname correct ben de hoyt and yeah, he's definitely a fan of Glide and is doing a documentary that they're, I think he's using Glide as the sort of entry point to 90s Australian right. indie rock. And then it's, I know Jamie from Blue Bottle Kiss is on it and Tim Rogers from UMI. I do know Tim Rogers from UMI. I think he was a pretty big William and, and Glide fan. So I think if for any Australian music lovers, UMI are a fairly well known band. And Tim definitely was a big fan of Glide. So, um, yeah, so I think this documentary is still in the making because he's a, he's a I think okay. a filmmaker that's trying to get the funds up to get it happening. So. He's got a video on his website, yeah, and like I thought it was a trailer yeah. for the movie that came out, but apparently it's still coming in. soon rather than uh, already out now. Yeah. Got it. Okay, um, Jay, is there anything that doesn't work for you on this record? Uh, and it's a little bit of a I don't want to say a law. I think it stumbles. So so we talked about Spin Doctor. I like the idea of that song and where it's at in the record. I think it would have been better served though to not be like a full band song. Uh, I like the idea of like, you know, I mean, it's kind of quirky sounding. It's like a plotty circus vaudeville kind of feel like 
I would have rather maybe heard them try to just like do a piano version or like some kind of like very different interpretation of that song. I think it would have came off a lot better. that like i like caterwall split you up is it's pretty good it, it, but there's some moments in those songs that are not as strong as some others and then they pick up steam again and i think they end very strong mm-hmm. so that section of like eight nine ten i think there's some really cool stuff in there and cool ideas it's just a little bit uh less consistent for me um so I think that's probably the weakest section of the record for me. Um, that's really my only criticism. I mean, it is a little bit of a a grower. You know, I think there were some tracks that really stood out on first listen. And then as I spent more time with it, things kept gelling and gelling, especially his vocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say like open up and croon. I have to admit when it first, first started, I was not looking forward to the record based on the vocal. I thought I had in my head of like, oh, I get what this band is going to be. And like, I don't know if I'm going to be into this. They quickly, the course of that song is much better. And then why are you asking? And something really take it in a different direction. And the vocal clicked and I got what he was going to, what he was about. And as I spent more time with it, uh, it made more and more sense to me. So it's a bit of a grower. I think that would be my only other criticism is, you know, give this album some time and attention. I think it's worth it. Um, It's not potentially, you know, with one quick listen, isn't really going to deliver fully. I think you, you know, get in, you know, three or four listens before you make up your mind on this band. Um, Those are really my only criticisms. Anything that worked for you, Tim? So it's interesting that open up and croon, made you worried at at first with regards to his vocal when i when that song kicked in i was like oh okay i i like all these pieces um it's got that really interesting beginning part which again has like this shoegaze dream popish kind of feel and then there are parts in uh, i was praising all the bass stuff but the drummer is doing some really interesting cool things in a lot of these songs too um something has some really cool drum parts on that song but this song he almost does like a like a four on the floor like on, on parts of the chorus they give it like a, almost like a dancey feel like a post-punkish dance feel and i was i was a little disappointed that they didn't kick into that gear again like i wanted another like something pushing the rhythm that was like uh on on the one just i wanted more like of a dance 
up-tempo feel. And they never really hit that same high for me. really dislike the beginning of pitch and sway that should last like five seconds not for however long it goes on it's way too much noise at the beginning of that record or beginning of that song excuse me um and i feel like there are a couple parts in the record where i think the mid-tempo-ness makes the songs a little samey um they didn't necessarily have the best choruses um without having some sort of energy behind them so there wasn't anything that was like oh this is a real stinker there's just sort of some songs i was a little let down that they didn't reach the same height as as the earlier tracks uh josh is there anything that doesn't work for you on this record uh, i was probably a bit the same like jay like i actually just listened to it in the car today i was just saying to tim before we came on on to the recording that i rode a bike with my wife today for about two hours and we listened to the album on the way in and on the way out we had to drive and yeah my wife said god i hate the opening to pitch and sway feedback <laughs> <laughs> for 30 seconds so we're all getting older in our in our uh middle age and yep too much noise and feedback and it could only go for five seconds. So I agree with that, Tim. And yeah, maybe after Dead Weight Beauty, which I think breaks the album up nicely. I do think, even though I love Catawall, I think between Spin More, Spin Doctor Catawall and Spit You Up, it does get a little bit, um, you know, slow. I don't know if slows is the right thing, but just hits a bit of a wall, but then it punches back through again. So yeah, um, I like all three of those songs, particularly Catawall, but I just feel like after Dead Weight Beauty, it does hit a sort of bit of a slow point but that's sort of nitpicking again so no they're the two things you guys said are probably exactly what i think as well having listened to it again this morning well did this even come out in the united states i don't think so uh i think this was yeah this was only released in australia i think uh disappear here was the first one to actually get released in the united states um that was which was on shock the the main label so because i only found one review of this record when i was going around doing like research it was from the big takeover and even and jack rabbit who wrote the review for the big takeover was like i didn't even know this album existed i started i got disappear here and i thought it was the first record so even he didn't get it when it came out and jack rabbit's on the pretty cutting edge for the last 30 years of indian alternative music um, I don't think there was any chances this was going to break in the United States is what I'm getting at. <laughs> so we didn't even get it at college radio. Like there was not even an opportunity for this. So any CDs I've seen of this must've been like imports. Cause I don't know how I would have seen a copy of this otherwise. 
since I've never been to Australia. Um, <laughs> let's go over to Patreon. And let's see. Yes, the poll is ended. We have the results. We're going to share them in just a moment. But Jay, tell me, uh, is this a worthy album, a better EP, or a decent single? It's a full-throated worthy album for me. This is like right down, um, right down the alley for me. Um, a lot of cool stuff going on here. I had a lot of fun listening to it. I look forward to digging a little bit in the catalog as well to see if it stays this strong. Uh, I was really surprised. I, I didn't expect to, uh, didn't expect the things I heard. And like I said, after listening to the, you know, first little bit of the first song, <laughs> I, I was a little, a little uh, concerned and not that it's bad in hindsight, I get it now, but just mm-hmm. my first impression was uh, a little, a little hesitant. And then I ended up enjoying it quite a bit. So worthy album for me. Where are you at? I am at a worthy album, but I, there are four songs that are on the okay end and not the, like I, I colored them yellow on my, on my sheet instead of green, green means you're good to go. Yellow means eh, I could take it or leave it. And then if there's, if it's red, that means please don't ever play in my ear again. Um, Pitch and sway. He sees away spin doctor and tripped up installed would be the ones that, and I, like I said, I don't necessarily dislike the song, like the bass on he sees away is great. Um, I really like the end section of um, Pitch and Sway. There's stuff I like about those songs. It just, they didn't come together as full songs for me. So I'm at eight songs as as a worthy album. Now, Josh, this shouldn't be hard. Uh, Is it a worthy album for you as well? Very worthy album, yes. And as Jay said, full-throated, worthy album, great songwriting, and yeah, definitely... If you are at eight songs, you should definitely try Disappear Here and Last. I think, Jay, you'll be happy with where they went as well. So, yeah. And he has his turkey, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, That's three in a row, three worthy albums in a row from me and Jay. That has to be a record. Uh, I don't know that anybody's gotten three in a row, three three in a row, three in a row. Uh, Perhaps uh, somebody could do that research for us i don't know I, I, we need get a medal really if you like track a medal made up or something that'd be nice we're gonna send you a t-shirt <laughs> that says three time worthy album <laughs> dig me out champion and you'll get it in 2027 <laughs> yes <laughs> uh so yeah, we need to keep start keeping track of that. But Josh, thank you so much for um, spending your Sunday morning, our Saturday evening, talking about this record and um, making it a good one. That we pleasure. I always love giving joy to the fellow Australian indie rock fans of like myself that I always post what I'm going to review and I get all these. Yeah, that's great. So now I've got to start thinking about next year already. Nice. Well, make Best sure you share the link in, in the group so that uh, you know we'll get more yeah. listeners and we'll do. and then Jay and I can retire and let our kids take over. That's no all that sweet Patreon money <laughs> start roll, starts rolling in. <laughs> um. I want to remind folks that they can go to dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com to join the union. Uh, Perhaps you'd like to pick a record. Perhaps you'd like to vote in our monthly tournaments of 27 albums uh, entering the tournament of death before one leaves. 
you never know what it's going to be. Could be a popular record. You know, we might end up doing something that people know, or we might not. Every poll is different. The, the poll that just finished, I, I've never heard this band. So, and it's how did Gaslight Radio go? Because they're they're a potential pick for me. I saw Gaslight Radio was in a was in a poll. They did not Which make it. Ah. They made it to the final. Yeah, they yeah they yeah, made it to the final, but they did not win. Oh, and well, that's, could be that final included some albums that sold millions of records in the '90s versus albums that sold a few copies. <laughs> yeah, the, the winner uh, was very obscure. So. Right. And if you try to Google their name, uh, best of luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those band names from the '90s that before the internet people thought we're fine but now you realize it's a terrible band name mm-hmm. all the bands that had had three like seven mary three nine inch nails yeah. stone temple pilots they had three words they're all golden yeah yeah yes. google loves them yes they're easy <laughs> to find name your band live good luck yeah. <laughs> good luck <laughs> You have to you have to hashtag live band every time. You just can't put live. Uh, these sorts of discussions are the uh, this is the weighty matters that we discuss over at our Discord, where the the chatter happens about music and other things uh, on a daily basis, which you can join by becoming a patron. Also, when you join, you get to read the box newsletter, which is a weekly newsletter that comes out with a release calendar of new 80s, 90s, and aughts relevant albums, movies, books, TV shows, documentaries, etc., And uh, two reviews every week of, of new releases are one-minute reviews. Lastly, Apple Podcasts is where you go to leave some positive feedback for this show. So for Jay, I'm Tim, and we're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Oh,